0: But joining us live right now is the Free Press's John Carlisle. Hi, John.
1: Hi, Amanda. How are you?
0: I'm good. Glad to have you live on the show. I think this is your first time live on Culture Shift, so uh, you have a great story coming out in the Free Press this weekend. Uh, we are going to journey with you right now up to the UP, specifically the town of Gwynn and the decommissioned K.I. Sawyer military base just south of Marquette. And that is what your latest story for the Free Press takes place. Uh, I'm hoping you could paint us a picture of what life is like in that part of Michigan.
1: Uh, it's bleak. It's um you know, the former K.I. Sawyer base is a decommissioned Air Force base. And when it closed, what was left was all these bunkers and little houses. And it became this sort of low-income housing project that's been known for years for high crime and for poverty. And uh, the the woman I met up there uh, lives up there. She's a stay-at-home mom. She has no money. And what she did was start her own bookmobile in the region. Um, the, the way it started was up there it's very poor and a lot of people rely on Facebook pages that offer buy sell trade kind of swap things where they exchange things for free whether it's baby clothes or furniture or appliances or something and she got a hold of some books and offered them for free and people went nuts and gobbled them up right away so it gave her the idea that there's a need out here I'm gonna start a bookmobile and so she said if anyone's got used books uh, that they don't need please send them to me well they came flooding in by the thousands and they kind of took over her house. She's got, uh, she estimates 10,000 books in her house. So she basically has her own bookstore in this tiny house and for free, uh, she drives them to anyone in the UP who asks using her own money and which she has very little of, but she's a staunch believer that people aren't reading enough in the books nowadays, especially kids and she believes they're all glued to their electronics and they're missing out on certain aspects of development because they're not using their minds in a productive way. And so she single handedly is trying to promote literacy in a very rural area of the Upper Peninsula.
0: I mean, it's an incredible story. And, and as you describe it, Melissa Derby feels like she is on a mission. So tell me more about about her and, and how she got started with her passion for books.
1: You know, she said she grew up just as a reader, and uh, up there, there's zero bookstores. All the libraries are closed right now because of coronavirus, and a lot of people are isolated anyway, but coronavirus made it worse, and so she found that a lot of them really wanted to take up reading again, and she's just one of those people that just has a fervent belief, and she thinks uh, it's just a mission that came to her that she has to go on, and what struck me about it is just that it's all her own money, and she's very poor. And, you know, to drive an hour in the UP using a truck, she uses her husband's truck. She's a stay-at-home mom of three. She's homeschooling her kids, and she takes the time out to load the truck with books and drive them, you know, an hour, hour and a half away. So there's 10 bucks there. She goes to various craft events, which are very popular up there, because that's how a lot of people make their money which is a whole other facet, you know, selling little handcrafted things for a few bucks. And she sets up a table for free, but the tables cost money, 40 bucks in the instance of the one time we accompanied her. And so she wound up spending $50, $60 in the course of a day or two just to bring people books for free. And I just thought that was utterly remarkable that someone's uh, doing this just to try to promote uh, books,
0: Uh, You know, your story is coming out this weekend uh, in the free press and, of course, go to Freep.com to read it. But you didn't send me any photos of it. But I can picture this truck that you're talking about, one of those huge old gas guzzler pickup trucks. So it is a lot of time and a lot of money that she's putting into making this uh, bookmobile a success.
1: Yeah, she says it's uh, it's pretty much taken over her life. um, But, you know, she just couldn't believe the response. And we tagged along with her. Uh, for a day of deliveries and people were just so thankful and each of them kind of shared with her her belief they're like there's almost like this underground up there of people who believe that books uh, need to be more popular you know and as she said books slow your mind down it's not like watching tv where everything's handed to you and you kind of go into this passive state you have to picture what the author's telling you and you have to think and put together what they're saying so she's a fervent believer in that and uh, just based on how many people really took to it, it's fueling her even more. Um, and it's sort of sustaining the thing. The only problem for her is she has no money and she has no vehicle. So uh, she might have already, I suggested she set up a GoFundMe page because she really needs a vehicle bigger than an old truck full of three kids, you know, running around in the backseat. seat. Um, but she continues to do it regardless of how much it costs her. It's pretty remarkable.
0: Well, I mean, as you say, uh, the response that she's had also is incredible. People donating books for free, they're flooding her house, and they love what she's doing. They, they're, You know, reading is not a lost hobby in the UP, it sounds like.
1: No, and, you know, that's a good thing, uh, you know, for people like us and your listeners who generally tend to skew more literate. Um, you know, a lot of people probably have a stereotype that up... In a rural area, you know, it might not be as bookish, but uh, everyone we met went out of their way to say how important they thought book reading was and how important it was what she did.
0: And so to take us through the day that you spent with Melissa Derby, again, we're talking to John Carlisle of the Free Press, his latest story, talking about the bookmobile and the mission of Melissa Derby up near uh, Gwyn in the UP. I, you will be able to check out that story coming up uh, later this week at freep.com. So take us through the day that you spent with her, John, and, and especially in the wake or still in the storm of coronavirus, what has life been like? up in the upper, upper upper peninsula, let me get that out there.
1: Well, you know, uh, it's like here but worse because people are more isolated uh, and a little more lonely and there's a lot of elderly people up there who have, uh, you know, nobody. And I think whatever outlets they had, whether it was going to the store or going to bingo or something are, are canceled. And so the books became far more important to them. It became like an escape. And so her day was I mean, every aspect of it had it, had its own story you could go off. She had pop bottles and pop cans that she would collect to take to the local supermarket to get a few bucks for gas. And then she'd put gas in this truck, you know, this very old, you know, probably 10, 12-year-old truck and drive an hour to give somebody a single book. And uh, luckily, they were appreciative of it. They knew what she was doing. And then she'd hop back in and go to, say, McDonald's to meet somebody because they were nervous about having someone at their house during the time of COVID or maybe they had a messy house, she'd give them books, they'd thank them, she'd go elsewhere. So it was this long, grueling day with zero reward for her other than seeing people happy to get a book. And uh, it's just remarkable to see somebody with that strong a belief in something as good as book reading, uh, you know, carry it on despite all the challenges, whether it's homeschooling three kids, whether it's COVID, or whether like when we went, there was a blizzard, a record-setting blizzard, um, it, it's just uh, uh, unbelievable to see all the effort she goes to for something as uh, cool as books.
0: Yeah, I want to go back to that word you just used a minute ago, remarkable, because, um, you know, your work for the Free Press, you have so many incredible stories that you've been able to tell, so many incredible people that y- that you meet in these stories or that you allow us to meet. How did you find Melissa?
1: Well, first off, thank you, very you to say. And second, a lot of it's just luck. And this one I happen to be looking on those Facebook groups that the people up there belong to. um, There's several, especially for K.I. Sawyer, there's a ton. And it always strikes me, the scale with people without much money, it always strikes me. Whether it's here, if you see someone, they'll be walking with 80 cents worth of bottles an hour and a half to a store. And you think, you know, that amount of labor to get that amount of money uh, is just so different than the world that most of us live in. And, uh, for example, she was talking about those swap pages, which is where I found them, and and she mentioned how she got free grapes from someone, and they were they were seeded grapes, no less. They weren't even the good kind, and she noted how it was important now because the grapes at the store were still eighty nine cents a pound, and you know to her it was worth the extra drive to go get these free grapes because eighty nine cents is too much. And it's so striking, you know. It's good to remind yourself that people live like that that you have to count 89 cents is something that might make or break you, or that you have to collect a couple bucks worth of bottles just to get gas in the car. And, and so that's what fascinated me about those swap pages. You watch what people swap and what they give away uh, like grapes, you know, it's kind of mind blowing, you know, how little people some have, and it's, it's definitely humbling, but yeah, that's how I found her in in one of those communities like that. Like a lot of the stories I find it's just sheer luck looking for something that uh, is unique and that no one else has written about.
0: And will, I? you suggested to Melissa that she start a GoFundMe page. Will there be, for someone listening right now to the story who wants to help her out or send her books or send her materials, will there be a way to do that?
1: Well, I would say, so she has a Facebook page for the thing, and she calls it the Read Up Bookmobile, and up is capitalized like you know, like a pun for U.P., Um, I would say go to that read up bookmobile and she's active on it every hour posting what books people what she has to offer people and taking requests Uh, if she has a page on I should have checked it recently but if she has a GoFundMe it would be up there Um, but you know she did not ask me to say this she did not ask for help just having been with her though I would say she really does need the help so if there's any way Anyone could help her. It's certainly a good cause. and She's certainly a deserving person. And uh, people up there can use all the help they get. So read up Bookmobile. The page is active. Check it out. And if there is a GoFundMe page, I'll put it online in the story.
0: Okay. And again, the story is going to be coming out this weekend at the, on the Free Press. Uh, freep.com is the website, of course, to go check out John's story. Uh, what else are you working on lately, John?
1: So that was part of a trip we went for multiple stories. And the goal was in this year when everything in the news was either coronavirus or election, both of which are clearly important. But um, I, like everyone else, found myself doom scrolling through the news till you just don't feel good anymore. And so I thought I would go up and find something that was neither of those things, was something that hadn't been written about and still had that surreal edge of what I do, sort of a twin peaks weirdness, um, which will become clear in this story when the photos come out, because she's uh, it's I mean 10,000 books in a tiny home uh, is definitely worth seeing. It has a little hoarder aspect to it. Um, but uh, before this, I had two stories. One was about one was very unique. Uh, when we were driving through Marquette, we saw a young woman standing on the street corner, and this will be this is in at Freep.com, too. Um, and we she was holding a sign, and you know nowadays you see people with signs. They might be protesting, or they might be asking for change. And she was this uh, unusual woman smiling really wide. And her sign said, uh, sending love and miracles. And we thought, what the heck is this, you know? And we uh, went up and approached her. And it turned out she uh, is a resident up there. She's autistic. And she, by her own admission, was very is very sensitive. So you can imagine a year like 2020 uh, is wearing on her. And finally, she just had enough. And in her own peculiar way, Wanted to change the conversation or the vibe or the paradigm or whatever you want to call it. So she made up these very artistic painted signs with rainbows and hearts, and it would say things like "The Revolution of Love is Here" or something. We just found that it's so fascinating. She wasn't asking for anything; she was just waving at people. She just wanted to uh, just just change the, the way uh, things were going. And so there's a what I think is a great story about her there. And then real quick, there was another one about a theater. A historic theater in Nagani uh, up there, whose roof collapsed. And they're scramb- the town is scrambling to save it. It's the best building in town, the most beautiful. And they're trying to save it before the rest of the building collapses due to winter. And then we got another one coming after that. So keep checking freep.com. I'm always trying to give people something interesting to read that is not horrible and bad news. And uh, hopefully, we'll uh, get that fourth one out soon. This one is out by the weekend. Freep.com slash Carlisle. You can always find my stuff there.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, John. Like, And as we have been here on the show asking a lot of our guests this whole year, what music is getting you through 2020? So
1: I'm on this 1968 kick. I've been going year by year listening to albums and the top 100, and it's just fascinating. We could spend an hour on this. Um there's some great stuff. And so one album that came out in February or March 1968 was The Birds, and it was called The Notorious Bird Brothers. And it was it's a remarkable album, and there's a remarkable song on there that wound up on the soundtrack of Easy Rider. It's called Wasn't Born to Follow. Um Great song, great sound, great lyrics. Um, it's pretty good.
0: Oh, I got it queued up to play. Thank you so much, John.
1: Amanda, thank you so much. Talk soon.
0: Yeah. And that was the Free Press's John Carlisle. You are listening to Culture Shift. here on 1019 W D E Travical and Journey where the diamond crescents glowing
1: and run across the valley beneath the sacred mountain and wander through the forest. Where the trees have of prisms and break the light in colors that no one knows the names of. And when it's time, I'll go and wait beside a legendary fountain till I see your form reflected in its clear and jeweled waters. And And if you think I'm I'm ready, you may.